0: It's been a few weeks since I first arrived in Laytonville, and I'm starting to get into a bit of a routine. In the mornings, I unzip my tent and step out into the crisp Mendocino air. The sun is shining, the birds are chirping. It's a glorious day to make a podcast about a murder. I'm staying at this beautiful campground, Mendocino Magic, and we've been here for a little bit. And uh, I've just found myself embracing this country lifestyle. It's great being out here. People from all parts of California and outside can come here to enjoy the beautiful nature and the simplicity of this area. After a simple breakfast, I enjoy a traditional California coffee break. Ooh, we smoked a little weed. I'm a little high. And (laughs) and, uh, now we are taking a walk to go see the sheep. Journalism can be hard work, but sometimes you're just sitting around, waiting for people to get back to you and I couldn't think of a more perfect place to wait than right here. Oh, and here they are, here's the sheep. Seven fluffy white sheep. They really add a level of natural beauty and wonder to the environs. After a relaxing walk, I head to the campground mailbox, which I've been checking every day for the past week. I'd written to all the defendants in the case and was hopeful that at least one of them would be down to speak to me. And today is my lucky day because there's a letter waiting for me. And as I quickly scan the envelope, on the top left corner, I can see a return address. It's Zach Wooster. It begins, this is going to be the last time we have any contact. Dang, this is gonna be a real bummer. Zach wrote, I want to put all of this behind me. But you write me a letter still trying to get me to do it? Do you not know how to take a hint? I'm not trying to be rude, but you need to stop disrespecting me. All of this is none of your business, so stop digging your nose into it. Stay out of my life. This has all been out there more than enough. I don't need you continuing what's already over with. It's the past, so leave it there. Find a new story. There's more than enough out there in the world. Please stop contacting my lawyer, other defendants and their lawyers, my friends and my family. Sincerely, Zachary. Well, at least he said sincerely, but I was genuinely surprised at how strongly worded this letter was. It wasn't just that he didn't want to talk to me. He wanted me to stop asking questions. He didn't want the story to happen at all. And that just made me wonder, does Zach have something to hide? I'm Sam Anderson, and this is the Emerald Triangle.
1: We're here with Zachary Wooster, continuing our interview. Good to go? Good to go.
0: Chapter five, Bad LSD. After reading Zach's response, I'm feeling pretty low, but I'm determined not to let it stop me. There must be a reason he doesn't want me asking questions. And I figure the answer is probably in those tapes. So I head to my office, otherwise known as my car. So in Zach's first interview with the police, the one you heard in the last episode, he said that Jeff Settler hadn't paid a group of workers on his farm and had been putting them off for months. Tensions were high. Then, a couple days before the murder, Jeff gave them about $500 each and told them to go into town and have some fun.
2: When I left, I thought I left my bag there. I, left, I was going to leave my dog there. I had a bunch of personal belongings up there. and I was never under an assumption that I was ever kicked off the hill whatsoever. Um, and I was told I was getting paid
0: very soon. Jeff promised to call when he had the rest of their money. So the workers drove to the nearby town of Garberville. They checked into a hotel and took their first hot shower in months. Here's Detective Krosky talking to Zach.
3: Any discussions about Settler while you're up in Garberville? I believe was a few, but nothing
2: of importance that I remember.
0: Zach had been texting Jeff, following up about when they would get the rest of the money.
2: we walking around, just going to the shops, just mm-hmm. bullshitting pretty much the day away. And then I stopped at a bar, played some pool, had a couple of beers,
0: but no word from Jeff. And then someone—I'm not sure who—tells the group that Jeff said he didn't want them coming back at all.
2: I remember calling uh, Jeff shortly after hearing that I wasn't allowed back, and I had probably about a 10-minute conversation with him.
0: Turns out, Jeff's promise of a little holiday away from the hill was just his way of getting rid of them.
2: I was, for no which way reason, understood why or whatnot, and. — That's what it is. If I'm kicked off the hill, then I'm going back up on that hill and I want to grab my stuff myself. — This is
0: how Giggles remembers that day.
3: — Got had a hotel room. Uh, got drunk. I mean, at that point, people were getting pretty pissed.
0: — Back at the hotel, the gang starts drinking. Heavily. Then, some of them take LSD.
3: I wasn't going to eat any acid, and then and then fucking just got passed to me. I was like, nah, okay. Then we decided to get a bottle of vodka, uh, start drinking outside the store. And this dude comes up and offers us value. Uh, I borrowed a couple dollars and got some value, kept drinking. Basically, we spent the whole day getting fucking wasted.
0: And the more wasted they got, the angrier they became.
3: Zach, at one point, said, I'm going to fucking kill this guy. Jeff, he was like, if this guy doesn't pay me, I'm gonna fucking kill him. Like, I'll fucking kill him. Once people started getting pissed, it was like mob mentality. Like, it just kind of started rolling into this whole, like, yeah, fuck that guy. —
0: So Zach talked about killing Jeff? Normally, you could probably sweep that aside as just angry words, if it weren't for the fact that Jeff really did end up dead. Zach says he started texting and calling Jeff to make sure he and the others got paid for the work they had already done. But Jeff wasn't answering. So that evening, they gathered at a local bar to decide what to do next. It was election night, 2016. — That's right, Uh,
1: CNN can report that Hillary Clinton has called Donald Trump
3: to concede the race. —
0: And in California, there was another item on the ballot that would change this community forever.  —
3: — Voters legalize a recreational use of marijuana.
0: Here's a look at the Prop 64 results with 38% of… But the workers from Jeff's Hill aren't thinking about any of this. Huddled in a booth in the corner, Giggles and Cricket are talking about Jeff. Here's Giggles.
3: — The acid and the volume and all the vodka I was drinking were really fucking kicking in at that point. He was just talking to me like, so we need to kill this guy. Cricket's having this conversation
1: with you in Garberville at the bar, talking about we need to kill this guy. Yep. Cricket wanted revenge, wanted his money. What did he want? Both.
0: The group drives back to Laytonville to continue drinking and plotting at Wheels Cafe. And not long after they arrive, Zach gets a text from Jeff.
2: Jeff texted me saying that we're not getting paid tonight, that we'll be getting paid tomorrow, but. I didn't, I didn't believe him at all, you know. Just, I've been hearing that same old story for, the, for months. That's when everything started, like, really like, oh, okay. I guess we're not really actually going to get paid.
0: It seems like this is the moment when Zach and the others decide they're going to confront Jeff and steal his weed so they can sell it and make back what they're owed. This is when Jesse Wells comes into the story. He's the guy who was arrested by a SWAT team in the last episode. Zach tells the cops that he walked across the street from Wheels Cafe to the Cottage's motel to talk to Jesse.
2: Jesse told me that uh, Jeff sold pot earlier that day and that he was kind of just pumping me up to uh, have the robbery happen. Who's organizing this entire plan to go up there? Um, It was between me and uh, Jesse. Did Jesse have a beef with Jeff? I don't think so, but... Jesse's one of those people that uh, any which way that he can to better himself, he will at any expense.
3: But what was he talking? Was he talking, let's beat his ass? Was he talking, let's kill him? Um,
2: he was really just pumping up for the robbery that happened. Um, for, uh, for Jeff, he had to get fucked up.
3: <coughs> fucked up, beat up. Fucked up, killed.
2: i never ever th- really thought that he was ever at any given time where he really truly was going to die.
0: After talking to Jesse Wells, Zach calls someone else who worked for Jeff, his friend from back east, Michael Kane.
2: He had told me I'm getting sick and tired of uh, waiting for my money, and he was pissed off too. Kane, Yeah, He's Cain. pissed off? Yeah. He's owed money? Yeah. He's been waiting on money, getting dicked around the same way as I was. So that night we called him, asked him where he was, and, uh, told him the situation was going on, he was full-heartedly in it. —
0: So it seems like my old classmate, Zach Wooster, is in charge of the plan to go up the hill and confront Jeff. Here's Giggles in the police tape. —
3: Zach's in and out of the bar, smoking cigarettes on his phone pretty much the whole time. Like, Zach was, like, calling people in for reinforcements, basically. —
0: But there's something else Giggles tells the cops that makes it seem like there was another person in charge. Someone who wanted Jeff dead, for a reason. While Zach is running around recruiting people, Giggles is inside Wheels Cafe, talking to Cricket.
3: He was like trying to say that it was like ordered, like somebody else ordered him to take his dude out. Somebody involved was like the acid game.
0: The acid game? As in making and selling LSD?
3: So at this point when you're at Wheels,
1: you're having a discussion with Cricket, and the discussion is to go to Jeff's property to kill
3: him, mm-hmm. take all his weed, and take all his weed. Mm-hmm. There were a lot of people didn't like Jeff. There were a lot of people didn't like Jeff.
0: Here's how Cricket remembers that conversation.
3: So when you're at the bar drinking before you guys go up, who's, who's coming up with this plan? I don't know. I, I just remember an old schooler going, you guys got the green light, My green light? What are you guys talking about?
0: So there's an old-schooler in the acid game who gave these guys the green light to go up the hill and murder Jeff Settler and steal his weed? It's a pretty wild theory. I made a note to look into it later. Who's the old-timer?
3: Some old guy, yeah. If I saw him again, I'd probably recognize him.
0: Remember, the group is pretty wasted at this point and at least Giggles and Cricket are also tripping on acid.
3: I was on board with it until about closing time, like when I say I like hit like a moment of clarity, like, why don't we not do that? I tried to go talk to Cricket, and Zach was like, why don't we get a hotel room? I think it was already, it was already like too much in motion at that point. It's like one of the really shitty parts about LSD, like, Especially when you eat acid, it's like a pack mentality, like hanging out with your friends, like we're all on one fucking trip together, you know what I mean? It, like it like turned into something weird like that, but like with something really fucked up. Like cutscene from wheels to like sitting in the backseat of the car next to the fucking cricket. Going up there, fucking take care of the shit. And Zach getting out with gloves on to undo the gate.
4: Hear the amazing story of one of the originators of the modern day conspiracy theory. From Magnificent Noise and Sony Music Entertainment, this is cover-up, The Conspiracy Tapes.
1: So Zach, the deputy has a taser. We're all armed. I'm not gonna run. Okay, I
0: promise you that. The next police interview I find is not just audio. It's body cam footage. On my small, smudged laptop screen, I can see Zach. He's outside. He's wearing a raincoat, a wool cap, and green camouflage pants. And he's surrounded by cops.
1: You've been good with me so far, so... uh, Number one, let's get you a piss. And
0: you want some of this? Detective Espinosa is there, too. He offers Zach a cigarette. I would love one. Okay.
4: There wasn't a better time to quit
1: Not today. Not, today. not today. So let's let's go over here before we get too far into it.
0: I watch Zach walk over to a gate and push it open. It's the very same gate Giggles mentions in his police interview, the one Zach unlocked with gloved hands. The night settler was murdered, and now Zach has handcuffs on. I realize that this video is of Zach taking Espinoza through the night of the crime.
1: You guys are coming up this hill, still no talking? Is there anybody that's like crazy drunk or anything like that, or is everybody pretty Everybody's much?
4: Everybody's pretty much intoxicated. Yep. Who's got
1: what in their hands? Do you have any weapons in your hands? No. Okay, but you're walking right now. We're you, walking. you're walking, Everybody's walking, nothing's in your hands. No. What's in Jesse's hand?
4: Jesse had the bolt cutters in his hands. I know Kane had a axe and a knife. Cricket, yeah, he had a knife on him.
1: Okay, what about Giggles?
2: Giggles, I believe, didn't have anything.
4: What happens next? I believe Jesse, Cricket, and me were up in the front, which everybody's all together. right? It's kind of in a group. Just yeah, we're all bunched up together. Does
1: everything get quiet
4: right then? Um, yeah, because the dog started barking.
0: In the video, it starts to rain. You want your hood on? Zach stops in front of the shack, the place where Jeff was murdered. He tells Espinoza that on the night of the attack, he hung back.
4: Um, Over here.
0: Then he points towards the door.
4: Cricket and Kane are standing right there. Right here on the
1: left-hand side of the door. And Jesse on that side. On the right-hand side of the door. Who's standing closest to the door? Uh, Kane and Jesse. Kane, Jesse.
4: Yeah. And then Cricket. Yes. Gary initiated knocking on the door. That would be Giggles.
1: Giggles knocks on this Knock, door,
4: knocks on the door.
0: Zach tells Detective Espinosa that Giggles knocked on the door of the shack. And then Amanda, the woman with the kid from episode one, opens the door. And then, he says Jeff steps out of the shack, barefoot.
4: And then Jeff uh, is then sitting on right there, on the the ledge of the door, putting his boots on. Jeff is sitting here. Jeff right here. He turns this way, yelling and screaming. And at who? um, I think he was yelling about, and then he turns to Jesse, sees Jesse,
1: and went after Jesse. So I'm Jeff. I get up. I turn. I'm yelling at Jesse. What does Kane do? Kane attacks him with what? The hatchet. Is there enough light for you to say for sure that that's Kane?
4: Yes. No question in your mind. No question in my mind. Why? Because I knew it was him. You know he's carrying the hatchet. Yes.
1: Jeff gets hit. What happens
4: next? Then Jesse and Kane tackle Jeff. Where? Into into the doorway. Into the doorway. Inside.
0: At this point in the video, Zach leads Espinoza into the shack.
4: Right right here.
1: So, Jeff's on the ground. Who's on top of him? Who's attacking him?
4: Um, Kane, um, Jesse, and Cricket. And then um, while they started attacking him, Amanda started running, and then she ran in to grab uh, their son.
0: Zach leads Espinosa back outside the shack, recreating Amanda's escape from the room.
4: And then I told him to go to the car and uh, get into the car. Uh, They kept on asking me to uh, please don't hurt me, please don't hurt my son. And I told them I would not hurt them or hurt their son. And she said, please get me to a safe place. And I told them that I would. Are they still assaulting him? Uh, They're still assaulting him. This was punching and kicking him. And Cricket was punching and kicking him as well. They were all punching and kicking them. I believe Cricket was stabbing them.
0: Wait a minute. How would Zach know who's doing what to Jeff? He just told Espinoza that he was with Amanda and her son, outside the shack, while the others were inside attacking Jeff.
4: And then they started uh, started moving crates.
0: The crates filled with weed.
4: When they were moving crates, I came over here, and I saw Jeff down on the ground, and he came goes over and stands on top of him, has his knee on his chest and takes the knife and sticks it in his throat.
1: Is Michael Kane slowly dropping the knife into his throat yes. or is it a rapid one? No, he slowly did it. Do you hear any noise coming from Jeff while this is happening? Um, no,
0: no, no. So, according to Zach, those were Jeff's last words. No, no, no.
1: That's what Jeff's saying? Yes.
4: Did While Cain he's doing do that.
0: Another cop asks Did Kane say anything?
4: Kane uh, said this is for selling bad LSD.
0: I'm watching body cam footage of Detective Luis Espinoza and Zach Wooster in the shack where Jeff Settler was murdered.
1: So we're going to stay in the room, and we'll use this mattress. If you don't mind, come over here, Jeff. Or, sorry, come over here, uh, Zach.
0: As Binoza kneels on the mattress in the middle of the floor and takes the role of Jeff Settler, he wants to reenact the moment of the murder.
1: What part am I reenacting right now? I'll reenact
4: it. You tell me what to do. How's that? Like, what part am I reenacting? this is fucking
0: out. Zach's had enough. He steps outside the shack, like he was done acting in this fucked up play that Espinosa just cast him in. The cops step outside after him. Zach squats down in the mud, cradling his head in his hands.
1: If I told you that Jeff suffered multiple stab wounds all over the body, you would attribute those to who? Cricket. Cricket? Yeah.
0: Okay. Espinosa offers Zach another cigarette, and then he asks him another question. Whose hair is in his hands? Police found a clump of hair clutched in Jeff's hand, presumably from the head of the guy who killed him.
1: What color was it? Uh, blondish brown, something that like that.
4: That would be canes.
1: Canes? Yeah, 100%. Okay. I think we'll end it, okay? Go ahead and finish that cigarette, we'll give you one more, and then we're going to get on the road.
0: I stop the video and close my laptop feeling... stunned. I step out of my stuffy car into the cool night air. The stars are just beginning to shine behind the clouds. Fuck. I knew Jeff's death was violent, but the way Zach says it happened was pretty next level. Especially Jeff's final moments. He's already been subdued with the hatchet. Then, they start beating him. And then, according to Zach... Kane goes back over to Jeff, puts his knee on his chest, and sinks the knife slowly into his throat, telling him this is for selling bad LSD. It's such a bizarre thing to say. Is the reason Kane killed Jeff really because he sold bad LSD? This crime has always seemed too brutal and too personal to just be about money. These are the words of someone exacting revenge. And if this is all true, something must have happened between Michael Kane and Jeff Settler. I still didn't know much about either of these guys or what brought them together. And that would have to change. Next time on the Emerald Triangle.
4: I'm Greg Settler.
0: I'm Jeff's father.
4: Michael probably snapped. He's stranded on the woods. He's trapped, he's got nowhere to go, and he just ran out of fucks to give. I think at least the two main murderers
2: should have got life without
4: rope.
0: Crooked City, the Emerald Triangle is a production of Truth Media in partnership with Novel and Sony Music Entertainment. The series is written and reported by me, Sam Anderson. Our senior producer is Joe Wheeler. Our producers are Alexa Burke, Leah Meyer, and Zach St. Louis. Story editing by Mark Smerling and Austin Mitchell. Our assistant producer is Sasha Baker, with additional research by Ivan Devoin. Scott Curtis and Cherie Houston are our production managers. Fact-checking by Dania Suleiman. Mixing and sound design by Joel Cox, Rich Evans, Daniel Kempson, and John Scott. Our title track and additional tracks are composed and produced by Robert Quijano and Christopher Rose, with additional production by Nicholas Alexander. It was engineered by Peter Oviat and recorded at Moonflower Sound Studio in Taos, New Mexico. Additional music from Marmoset and Epidemic Sound. Development by Willard Foxton, with special thanks to Indira Bernie, Max O'Brien, Sean Glynn, and Matt O'Mara. Also, special thanks to all the studio musicians at Moonflower Sounds. Continue the conversation with us online by tweeting at CrookedCityPod. If you've enjoyed the Emerald Triangle, don't forget to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps other people find the show. And thanks for listening.